But I remember the first photo I posted of Buddy, I had to remove it because of the racist comments. Yeah, it was awful. Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Brigger and welcome to the latest episode of Finding Fearless with Murray Claire. Now, this week's special guest, Jacinta Franklin, has always lived a big life. From her unusual childhood on the Gold Coast, to becoming a Miss Universe contestant as a teen, to falling in love with AFL star Buddy Franklin, to becoming an entrepreneur in her own right with her hugely popular app, it seems Jess has never been scared of anything. Well, as we're about to find out in our first interview with Jess, this is not the case. I say first interview because not long after our chat, Jess revealed to the world that she was pregnant, so we got her back on the phone. So stick around to the end to find out more about her pregnancy news. Let's get going. Over to you, Jacinta. Hello, Jess. Welcome to Finding Fearless. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I've actually been looking forward to this all day. Really? <laughs> no, I just I just always have such a great time with you. And we've sat together at a few events sometimes and even had a chat after a few champagnes at events. And I just always enjoy your company. Few, so. few bo- <laughs> oh, no, I know. You're always my buddy at events. Have I you know, noticed that? We always just gravitate towards each other. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about your child. Childhood, mm-hmm. first of all, mm-hmm. which I know is we're going way back, yeah. well, 27 years. Yes. Um, you had a bit of an unconventional childhood. So, yeah. you know, your dad was very hands-on at home. Yeah. Your mum decided that she couldn't find a school for you, so she actually set up her own school, as you do. She what did. an incredible woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, screen time wasn't an option. There was no computer games, no internet, yeah. very little TV, which is incredible considering you're so good on screens now, you know, with your apps, etc. <laughs> so how has it shaped you? Um, I think the simple childhood was just so great for me to hold on to the innocence and really experience childhood for what it was. So lots of time outdoors. I I wasn't rushed into adulthood. So I feel like I just got to be a kid, which I feel like even more so in these this day and age, it's becoming less and less. And with so much happening online and on TV, I just look at kids these days. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it just makes me so grateful for having that that upbringing. And um, I think it's made me really kind of settled and grounded as an adult as mm. well. I just, I don't know, just this, there's something about the simple life, I think. And and I, I crave it so much now when I'm older. I always want to go back home and just unplug and, um, you know, get back to my roots and just be. <laughs> There's something about it that just, you know, you completely clears your brain, doesn't it? And just being present and, mm. and the peacefulness. And I was actually on the Gold Coast and I deleted all my social media apps from Friday 9am and only re-downloaded them this morning because I wanted a total switch off. Really? And I feel so good. I feel so light and clear and I just feel really present. And I don't, I just, I don't know if that's my upbringing was just so simple that that's kind of like my default setting. That's yeah. what I want to keep Which going back to. <laughs> it makes complete sense. But did you do that because you didn't trust yourself? You actually well, yeah, had to delete them. <laughs> I, I can't. And what I really, because what I realized was the amount of times that I, um, on it, like subcon- like not even consciously on the app. Yeah. And then when I deleted it, the amount of times I picked up my phone on the Friday, unlocked my screen and went to scroll through where the app is usually on my home screen to open it up, it was the count was above 30. I mean, that's probably nothing compared to what most people do, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. But 30 is insane. Yeah, it was a lot. But it's not I've, – I've looked at the statistics. The average is something. I know. It's in the like 50s, 60s, 60s for the amount of times people open the app. You don't even know you're doing it really. And that's it's, the thing. It's, it's such a weird thing. You learn nothing. 
You aren't yeah. really inspired afterwards. No. You don't feel any better for doing it. It's the only activity you do that doesn't lead to any sort of outcome. Like if yeah. you pick up a book, you've learned something yeah. or you feel stimulated or you finish a book and it's a sense of achievement. But on those apps, you don't really No, you don't feel much. enriched. No. Unless it's your app. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Now, also, you were school captain at high school. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, Australia's Miss Universe contestant when you were yes. about 19, I think it yes. was. Yes. Yeah. So do you think you've, you've felt that you've always been destined for something, you know, beyond the ordinary? Um. I think if you ask my mum, she'd always say, we always knew you were going to do whatever it was, whatever field you yeah. went into. Like you're always just really driven. Um, but I always, I always, I was always driven. I was always motivated. I always knew that I wanted to, um, you know, to travel and live a really big, full life. So yeah, I feel like I, and it wouldn't have mattered what field I entered into. I just, I just, yeah, I just wanted to to live and experience. Yeah. And what about that whole thing of making a difference? Because, yeah. you know, you've obviously lent your voice to so many different causes, yeah. um, you know, mental health being the main one, yeah. re- particularly recently. Yeah. Has that something that you've always been like? Have you always felt incredibly comfortable talking about those sort of harder topics? Yeah. I, I, even looking back when I was in primary school, I was organi- always organising, you know, walk for waters to raise money for really, yeah, for communities that didn't have access to fresh water. Yeah. And I always wanted, I always had a sense of giving back. And I think that definitely comes from my parents. They really instilled in both my sister and I the importance of giving back and leaving a legacy and, and making a difference because I think that's what makes you really feel good as well at the it, end of the day. Yeah. That that nourishes that, you. Oh, that to me is success to know that you've even just made an impact on one person's mm. life in a positive way is is yeah, it does. It nourishes you, it makes you feel really good. Oh, I totally agree. Now when it sounds like um your mum's obviously been a huge influence in your life. Yeah. So what's been the sort of best guidance that she's given you um, you know, back when you were younger and also now? Because it's probably yeah. it's changes all the time. Yeah. She, mum, is just the most fearless woman I have ever come across. She is just such a go-getter and just even starting that school for my sister and I so long ago because she couldn't find a, a school that, you know, or an education system that she felt that she inspired liked. enough mm. to send us to. She was like, this is just crazy. Like I want my kids to have such an enriched learning experience and I just don't feel like she couldn't find anywhere, so she started it. But I And she was the, a school teacher, right? So No, she actually had no background. Her background was in counselling. So right. yes, and hotel management. So she just started it up with no experience whatsoever and inspired just, to make your life, your childhood better. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. God, which is amazing. Incredible. And it's still running to this day on the Gold Coast and there's a high school now and Really? Yeah, four hundred, five hundred students and yeah, she's just really passionate about creating free thinkers because she's she mm. read some research where it's like I think, you know, 90% of the jobs that children these days are going to have uh, have when they graduate kind of aren't even aren't gonna be there created anymore. yet. You can't just teach towards a test. Mm. Got to be broader thinking than that. Mm. So, yeah, she's so passionate about it. But she always taught me um, to be kind to yourself and others and dream big. That's mm. what she always said to me. I yeah. must think she's the world's coolest CEO <laughs> to have you as the daughter, I'm sure. Oh, Brownie I, points. No, time. I think they're more interested, the students, in Bud <laughs> being Buddy's oh, mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a lot of brownie points for that. That's <laughs> they don't care about me. true. <laughs> I don't want to be rude, but I would imagine that it's makes It's true. <laughs> she did have one little student, though, say, look, Mum, 
it's the mum of the queen of the universe. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's very cute. But that's like one encounter to buddies, 100. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So your mum's, she's recently beaten breast cancer and beaten it, which is? Bowel cancer, but yeah. Bowel cancer. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. did I say breast that's, cancer? Sorry, I meant yeah. bowel cancer. That's okay. Um, so what was that like for you to watch her go through that? That must have been incredible. Yeah, and also was, she's young. She's so young. So mum is 54, 55, so very, like very young. And yeah, it was just, she's such a pillar of strength for not only me and my sister, but our entire family. Mm. And she's just such a go-getter and healthy and fit and active in the community and has done so many amazing things. She's kind of the last person on earth you would think would would fall ill mm. and it was just a routine checkup so she had no symptoms whatsoever absolutely nothing no pain no like none of the symptoms nothing and then she just went for a routine checkup and they said look it's probably time you had a colonoscopy your mother had bowel cancer at 60 ah, so Why there, was we, a, yeah. there was a family history there family right. history yeah and she went and they found a tumor and then even after that, she called, she yeah. called dad and me and Alicia and was like, Oh, they found a tumor, but they've just taken it for testing. I go in next week. And she went to that follow up appointment by herself. That's how, that's how far from her mind and right. our mind it was. And it was then that we realized it was very serious. It had to be removed within a matter of months. And I think 30 centimeters of her bowel was removed. And the recovery Incredible. has been like a long 12 months, but it's made me so passionate to talk about it because mm. I'm just like, this is something that needs to be spoken about. It's the only cancer that really is preventable by getting a treatment like that done, mm. a colonoscopy. Because if they find the polyps and they remove them, that's what turns into the cancer. Mm. So then I went and had my checkup and they found um, polyps. So I've now got oh. to go. I've got to go back because of all the family history. And wow. yeah, so I was talking at a breast cancer um, foundation like charity lunch and I shared my story and I said, look, mum didn't have breast cancer, but I just want to say how important the sense of community is. And that's mm. why I support any sort of foundation that does work like that. Cause I've just seen how much that helps. And this young lady came up to me at the end. She had tears in her eyes and she goes, I lost my friend two weeks ago to bowel cancer. Really? She was 26 and she was had, she had all these symptoms. And because she was so young, it was the wow. last thing they tested her for. So she went in and they thought she had, you know, oh, you've got it, you know, an S. DI. So they checked all of that and then it was, oh no, they sent it to the gynecologist for all of these other things besides that. And by, by the time they did the colonoscopy, the tumour was so large and it was too late. And she was, I think she said she was a nutritionist and lived a very healthy lifestyle. And yeah, and that story has stuck in my mind so much. Wow, that's incredible. Now, we're just going to talk about mental health because that's mm -hmm. something that you've obviously been really yeah. open about discussing, which has, I've got to say, has made such a big difference because, I mean, you. you did a story with us about anxiety, yeah. which was fantastic. And so why did you choose to, you know, let people know about your own personal struggles? Um, I think, well, I've, I've had my personal struggles, but also people that I really love and care about around me have had their personal struggles. And I just think people need to know that it's it doesn't pick and choose mental mm. health. It can be anyone from any background, any demographic, any age. Mm. Um, and it's so important to talk about because that is what's saving lives is, is the conversation and the mm. dialogue around it. And, yeah, it doesn't harm me by sharing it. It's kind of therapeutic to share it. And mm. by no means is my um, challenges with mental health um, – 
ever been at a stage where I felt like my life is at risk or has really debilitated me. It has been, it's more, you know, like social anxiety or, um, you know, sleepless nights or loss of appetite mm. through, through my anxiety. But it's something I have been able to completely manage and take control of. Um, was there a point when you realised that you actually had to go and see some or talk to someone about it? Or, yeah. I mean, and what, what was that? What was that tipping point? Um, I can't remember the tipping point, but I just remember like struggling to leave the house or loss of appetite, losing weight. Um, not, yeah, not, not being myself. Mm. And mum's, mum and dad are so open about mental health because dad's and, had his struggles too. Right. So, and she's a counsellor. So yeah. So it's would, kind of. She probably would. Did she recognise it in you? Yeah. She just, you just need to talk to someone. It's never been something that I've bottled up. I've been so lucky to have that. And I just want to share my story so that other people feel like they can talk. Mm. No stigma. People. No stigma. I just think it's like we all have our shit. Everyone does. I'm yet to find someone that hasn't had their own personal struggle or doesn't know someone who has been through something. And especially with the passing of my auntie th- about three yeah, months ago now. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm so sad to hear about that. Yeah, it, it, it's awful, but it's a reality of so many Australians. So many Australians are affected. The statistics are horrendous. I mean, well, it's, it's the biggest killer of young people. Yeah. Which is probably the saddest statistic yeah. you will ever hear. It's an absolute... And- Epidemic. You knew that she was going through problems? Yeah, we all knew she struggled. Mm. But I think that... But not to that extent? Not to that extent, no. We knew, you know, she'd been through a lot in her life and she was just... She was the she was the funny one though too. She was the one that would send me the dirtiest jokes on text really? message, and at Christmas would just have us all in Aww. fits of laughter. And she was just a really fun, energetic person to be around. But we all knew her her battles. But I think with mental illnesses, it's there's more to it than just being sad or oh I'm having a bad day or I feel really mm. anxious now. There's so much that comes with mental health, and what comes with it is the shame and people don't want to share the dirty parts of the mental health because you really have to face a lot of things and I just want to break like that's I just keep thinking I'm like if only we knew Mm. if we had have known even the worst parts about her struggles there is so much we could have done Mm. there is so much help there is so much assistance there is so much guidance but I think there's just people kind of just battle it on their own and that's the saddest thing. And there is there so, is much, so out there. much help. And I've seen people I love be at their worst and then come through and be at their absolute best. And the life on the other side is so beautiful and full and so people are so deserving of that life too. And I, yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because you have been so vocal about it and it, it's sort of sad that she felt she couldn't talk to, know. you know, you, I mean, you, you've yeah. all been, it sounds like your whole entire family is very yeah. open and vocal, Yeah. but it's, there's no rhyme or reason for it. This no. is the thing. You try and put your own spin on yeah. how they're feeling and it's impossible to know. Yeah. 
because it, it's an illness. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't understand. It's not a choice. And I think that's what a lot of people think about mental health is, oh, snap out of it. Mm. Look at your life. It's good. Look at all the things around you. And it's not that it is a chemical imbalance in your brain. I yeah. know. And, it, and also I think you said this before is that it's something you need to manage too. Yeah. Have a mental well. pe- health plan. Have a great specialist that you can see and um, they subs- subsidise um you know some of your your sessions with with a psychologist now, mm. which is great on the on the mental health mental plan. health plan. Is there any sign or potential for mm-hmm. you going into politics? And I know this is a really <laughs> bizarre question, but everyone upstairs was saying that you yeah. articulate it so well, oh, and we you. absolutely relate to you. And it's thank something you. that you should think about. Yeah, mind you, then thank you look you. at Parliament and you go. <laughs> I got better. I got better things to do. You know what? I actually get this question. I bet you do. More com- like it's quite a common question, which I think as it's, I get you older, you should be too. flattered. Yeah. You should be flattered. I think it's Thank also you. we need someone like you. But also, I say, am I that great a bullshitter? Because <laughs> that's what I feel like politicians do. They're great bullshitters. No, we want someone with an authentic voice. Look, I, I would love to. I would love to. Um, but I don't think it's the right avenue to be able to instill as much change as I would like to mm. because I just feel like politics is so political and you get caught up in in that whole world and representing a party or unless you're, you know, an independent. Um, but, yeah, I just think it would be really it's challenging. A, challenging. Mm. It's a difficult climate and there's a lot to deal with and you actually end up dealing with so many things or what I've noticed with politicians that are so far away from what you should be supporting and, you know, the gossiping and the bullying and the, you know, the Absolutely. it's just to me I just look at it and I'm like that is not what like a politics should be like. Politics mm. should be a bunch of empowered people with a fantastic platform wanting to make this country the best it can be and helping those and giving a voice to those that need it the most. Mm. And I just don't think the politics is doing it. Is doing it. But there are also, I've seen politicians, amazing politicians doing great things too. So I kind of have to not make that a blanket statement because I think there are some fantastic things that have done, have been done recently in politics, especially with marriage equality and hopefully now with the inclusion of Indigenous people. Um, you, you're jumping ahead with all my questions. Oh, am I? <laughs> That's my next question. So I've got the pledge to yep. put the question of Indigenous constitutional recognition to Australians in the referendum yep. within the next three years. Yep. So what does that mean to you, buddy, obviously, yep. and your extended family? Yeah. Well, to me, it's so important. It's the recognition and it's not taking anything away from anyone. It's Isn't just it insane the- that there is no, I mean, yeah. I was reading all about it last night yeah. and it is gobsmackingly insane. Yeah. yeah. And also, do we need a referendum? Mm. I mean, yeah. I know we do because it's con- in the constitution. Yeah. So I know. It should just be done. It should just be done. Agreed. I mean, I felt that way, obviously, about marriage equality. Yeah. We, uh, look, a lot of us did. Yeah. But at the same time, I hate the idea of a, of a, of a referendum because it means yeah. that all of a sudden you it's almost like you see the barometer of how racist this country is yeah. and I don't want to see that. Yeah. Well, it's um, going to be very confronting. Um, yeah. But I think that the issue with things like this, even a mar- like marriage equ- like equality, is the fact the people that it doesn't matter to are the loudest about mm. it. And I'm like Absolutely. this impacts your life in no way. Obviously my husband's Indigenous, my extended family is Indigenous, 
the pain and the trauma is real today. Absolutely. It is real today and it has affected so many generations and it is so horrible, yet we still refuse to recognize it. And the thing that annoys me is the, well, don't make me feel guilty about it because I didn't do that. Mm. It doesn't matter. Well, it's you can just, do something about it now. now I mean, exactly. that's the thing. It's just about it's, seeing someone, seeing their hurt and recognizing it and going, how can I make this better? And if that means me as a white, middle-class Australian woman who, yes, had nothing to do with any of the decisions 30, 40, 50 years ago or even, you know, when first settlement here in this country, but if it means I can have an impact, fantastic. Mm. That's that's a wonderful thing to do. And But this country has a funny thing, a very funny thing and, and stigma around our Indigenous culture and paying respects to that. I land in New Zealand. Kia ora is everywhere. The mm. Maori culture is so embedded in all of their educational and curriculum. The language is taught at school. It's so proud. You go to the airport, their culture and tradition and paint everything is everywhere and you land here so where is that pride for us why don't we have that pride what why doesn't that exist for us i don't understand it's so true actually i know a lot of people that i talk to have no idea about even the details of what happened um or or the history of Mm. of our you know our first nation people there's 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 not a lot of education around it. There, there really isn't. And I think that's where it all starts is the education and um, just learning. And Is it something maybe that you and Buddy are going to sort of really put your your names behind? Because yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think a lot of people realise and three years is too long. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, we're talking yeah. 22. Yeah. Really? It's a long time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And for something that, like I said, it's just, I would, yeah, I'd love to get more, more involved with it. It's, um, it's, my husband is a very proud Indigenous man, but it's also really hard sometimes for him to talk about this. And when you look at what happened to Adam Goods when mm. he started speaking mm. up about these issues, it does make it really hard for mm. Indigenous people in this country to stand up because look how much, how he was vilified. Vilified. Absolutely vilified, um, by respected people in this industry as well and within the AFL industry. And it, it, it is hard. I'm not saying that's why Buddy doesn't speak about no, it. No, but I but agree. And then you, you create, have to consider it. Yeah, it and is you also really have to say, hard. "Do I need this in my life?" Yeah, you, as much as passionate as you can be about it, yeah. do I actually need that angst in my life? It's it's full on. But I'm very I'm very passionate about. I don't think anything's going to shut you up though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <yeah>. no. <laughs> I mean, did you know a lot about Indigenous culture and the laws, etc., before you started dating Buddy? I thought I did. Yeah. So I, at mum's school, actually, it was a big part of um, the education or the curriculum there, actually, um, and having, you know, having ceremonies and doing welcome to countries and having elders come in and sharing a lot of Dreamtime stories. And That's so amazing. I knew that and obviously the, the history, but it's the, it's the little things that he's taught me, a little bit of the language, right. mainly the naughty words. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give us some. <laughs> no, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Mainly the the naughty words, but yeah, a little bit about the language, which I thought was really beautiful because I'd never like, even heard it before. Um, and then just about the intergenerational trauma 
that is still that mm. still exists. It's it's very Prevalent. it's very very big. Um, and then also I was on I was on radio this morning with Carl and Jackie O and um, Kyle. Um, not you know this is it's just uneducated you know uneducated kind of viewpoint. He goes, oh, your husband he's half half Aboriginal, quarter Aboriginal. I said, oh, actually, if you've got any Indigenous blood, you are Aboriginal. There's no quarter. Mm. There's no half. There's no three quarters. You are Aboriginal. And I remember when Correct. I first met Bud, I was like, oh, so you're half Aboriginal? And he's like, oh, actually, that's quite offensive to me because I identify as Aboriginal. So even when we have children, our children are Aboriginal. Right. Um, and that's something I learned. Like, so things like that, which is really important because it's those little things that actually make a difference. Mm. So I shared that on radio this morning and, um, yeah, Carl had no, no idea and neither did Jackie. And I'm sure a lot of the audience didn't either. And that's the thing. I think it's just about sharing and, um, yeah, it's those kind of things. But yeah, he's taught me, he's taught me a lot. Absolutely. Because we want to pass that, that on. Something you should be proud of. So you know, incredibly don't proud. Conceal it. Absolutely. Yeah. Be proud. I mean, when you got together as a couple, mm-hmm. you first, you did actually encounter a bit of racism. Yeah. Did that surprise you? Yeah. It I mean, it's funny. Me. It's funny because well, when I've heard this before and you have spoken about it with me, yeah. I, I was completely surprised by it because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. How yeah. long have you been together? We, I think the, f- like, when we announced our relationship, it was like five or six years ago. Yeah, I mean. So it wasn't that long ago. You would think that ago. we were evolved as a nation. Well, that, but. And here's the thing. As white people, we go, oh, yeah, we're not racist. Of course, because you don't experience every day. You don't know what it's like to be racially vilified. So, of course, we don't think racism exists because we, it's not our experience. Mm. It's not our story. It's not our everyday life. But I remember the first photo I posted of Buddy, I had to remove it because of the racist really? comments. Yeah, it was awful. And I I, I just I, I wanted to remove it because I didn't want his parents to see it. I didn't want his wow. family to see it. I was just I was so mortified and I deleted it. And we get a few things every now and again. I mean, what's the worst thing that you've read or would you prefer not to even mention it? Yeah, I'll probably – unless I feel like it's going to help, but you hear you black dog, you black C-U-N-T, oh you N-word, yeah. you – you ate standard, like, yeah, like standard hate you, talk, yeah, and it and it's really uneducated too. I'm like, there's nothing. You're not yeah. being clever, like you're not showing any sign of your intelligence. In fact, you're showing the opposite. But yeah, he's being, he's he's been called an an, an ape on the field and by Has he? by yep yeah, by a by a member in the in the in the stands. I think they got a life ban. Are there your sort of you know fears as well of raising Indigenous children? Yeah, I, I, I fear about that a lot. Like I just couldn't, I just don't know how you ever are going to explain that to a child. Like no. how someone could think either the color of your skin or your background or your heritage is, and use that in a, in a nasty way. I just, I think it should be something celebrated and something we should be so proud of mm. as this country. That's right. And yeah, so I mean, who knows? Hopefully by then. People are more educated and more understanding, and um, and that's a conversation. Fingers crossed. I never have to have with my children, but if I do, hopefully, it's a conversation my children don't have to have with their children. with their children. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you and Bud are couple goals to all of us, <laughs> to many. We're pretty um, boring. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, so, what's the foundation of that? I mean, what keeps it? What keeps you strong? Yeah. I think there's just a realness in our relationship. Like it's just yeah, you pretty. You two are very real. 
we're pretty You're straight. Hilarious. We're pretty straight up and down with each other, and we we're just you know we're both following our dreams, and we both support each other in those dreams. And and also you've got the, this shared sense of humour. Oh yeah, we 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 you take do. the Mickey out of each other a yeah. lot. He is incredibly funny. My husband, I've heard it. He is. <laughs> Like that's the side that a lot of people don't get to see. He is a character. The, he makes me laugh. I, 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 he's he's very funny, and everyone around him too. He's and just... what did he say about your haircut? Oh, what did he say again? That it was like waking he up next to a boy, waking up, waking up to Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, I get those comments quite a lot. He goes, he's he's like here's Ellen. <laughs> I'm like, bud. <laughs> he's very, but he did. I remember when I first chopped it, he's like, babe, how long do you think it'll take to, to grow back? <laughs> the producer is killing himself. I said, oh, I don't know, probably a year, darling. He goes, sometimes it looks like I'm going to bed with a boy <laughs> from the back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dull. Lucky I've got a great personality. Now, you've just launched your app, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. I just had a little look at it. Last night I was, you know, foraging around. So you've got recipes, workouts, Mm -hmm. pretty tutorials, Mm -hmm. a bit of inspo as well. Yeah. So, you know, we were just thinking, you know, we're talking about this in the office. You know, how do you have a personal brand yet still set boundaries so that you don't give away too much? Because it is, um, it's very much from the heart and, but also your knowledge. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. Thank but you've you. got to you've got to keep things that are, you know, private too. Yeah. I think it's just I don't know, I do have quite clear boundaries. There's a lot that I will share on social media, but there's a lot that I don't. I probably like keep more to myself than I than I share. But I'm always I think I'm always do things with intention. So even a post or anything on my app, it's like, is this gonna either serve someone? be interesting, yeah. <laughs> um, be thought-provoking, and if not, not really. Is a photo yeah. of me with my, you know, bosoms out in a bikini yeah. all, 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 all oiled up going to make a difference? Probably not. So why yeah. am I posting it on Instagram? Yeah. Probably for self-gratification or a few little <laughs> likes or little emojis. So I'm like, I don't... Yeah, a bit of fire sign um, emojis yeah. will go on for sure. Unless, unless it's for work, those yeah. kind of things, I just don't... I'm... Yeah, I don't know, and I just you're think pretty that real about it. I just don't. I don't. There's certain things I I, I don't want to share, and I even think when it comes time for us to have children, we we've kind of spoken about it. there won't be anything on mm. social media. I just don't think those things need to be. I mean, I suppose shared. unless you you own it. I mean, the love the thing I love about um, you doing the app is mm. that, and I was reading about that the other day, how you've kind of taken back control because yeah. social media is so algorithm based. Yeah. And it means that, you know, it's fed certain things, but mm-hmm. you actually now have complete control. Yeah. And I love that concept. I think actually people, to be honest, I think people yeah. are going to follow that. Yeah. Um, now, fearlessness, because yes. it's called finding fearless. What does fearlessness mean to you? Um, I think being fearless is backing yourself. I think it's backing yourself, not only in the big moments, but in the small moments and, and trusting yourself. Um, and, and not listening to outside noise and not looking, you know, externally for, um, validation. Um, I think it's, it's an internal thing. It comes from inside and it's not always big and loud. Mm. You know, there's, there's little decisions that sometimes I feel like I, I make daily that are fearless that no one would really care about or, or write about. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's backing yourself. And like do you this. say, back yourself. That's yeah. the thing. It's such a it is a hard thing to learn. It's it's easy to say it to mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. but it is a real. You actually have to work on it. You have yeah. to work on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you've got to hard. think about your strengths. It doesn't come naturally for a lot of people and for me either. It's taken a lot of time of building up self-worth and my confidence and setting boundaries and having my heart broken and having shitty friendships mm. and a lot of Clearing these things. It out. Yeah, you've got to build. It, it builds. It takes time. Is changing the world part of your mantra, your plan? Because it feels that way. Oh, thank you. Very kind. Um, I think <laughs> like it would I be said, very <laughs> just for PM. <laughs> It'd be very ambitious to think that I could change the entire world. But if I well, can incha- change someone's world, then I would be very, very happy. Just one. Just one. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. Love your work. Love you too. What an inspiration, Jess is. I always love catching up with her. Now, here's our follow-up phone chat, which I promised earlier, talking about her exciting news. Now, first of all, congratulations. We're all very excited about the news. Now, how are you feeling? I'm feeling much better now. The the first, I think, 14 weeks were pretty rough for me, but I'm feeling much better now. I feel like I've got a second wind and a new lease on life. But yeah, I've spent a lot of time in bed. Not that I'm complaining though. I feel very, very lucky and I know a lot of women have it far worse than I do. But yeah, it's been a little bit of a rough start. And I I did go to hospital um, once. Like Bud took me to emergency because it got that bad, but that was as bad as it kind of got. And I know, yeah, it's just, I think there's just this um, misconception around pregnancy. Like like I keep saying to Bud, like, when am I going to glow? you know, this amazing thing right from the beginning, which it totally is. It's a miracle and it's such a blessing, but not a lot of people talk about the other side of pregnancy, which oh, is yeah. the morning sickness and all of that. Totally. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because I think when women are together, they do, you know. It's yes. just that you know yes. when when it's just one-on-one because everyone's got war stories. But, yeah, I agree. You, yes. yeah, the ultimate is that you know what's going to happen, so you, you are for yes. eternally grateful. <laughs> but, honestly, yes. it, getting there is not good. So how, how many weeks were you when you had to go to hospital? Oh, I was quite early then. I was eight, I was eight weeks early. So, right. um, yeah, I had a like a like, kind of like a pregnancy-induced migraine experience, which right. was quite fun. When I got admitted to emergency, they said, if you've never had a migraine before, it is quite common for you to get them for the first time in um, – in, in your in pregnancy, so I was like, "Oh, great!" Oh my <laughs> but God. lucky it hasn't been reoccurring, which is oh, which that's is good. Really good. So, so it doesn't mean it's going to um, kickstart it. Yeah. And um, yeah, but and I was so nervous. At eight I weeks. bet. So I was like, oh God, I hope everything's okay. And all I cared about was obviously the safety of the little baby, and it was so new then. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And obviously everything was fine. Were you were you there overnight? Did they keep you no, there? No, no. I ended up getting – I was so hungry. I was there for like six hours, I think, and I just begged <laughs> Bud to take me. I said, please take me. I just need something to eat now that I'm feeling better. Can you tell us when you're due? Um, or is that, yeah, is that so secret? In, well, I'm going to say in Feb. That's all ah. I'm going to say because I don't want people to know exactly when. No, fair enough. Be like <laughs> the countdown and, and all let's, that, but no. You have chosen the hottest month. You know that. <laughs> February, February, <laughs> oh my lord, and Maggie in Sydney. Oh, <gasps> I know. Not I'm good, so not good planning, darling. I'm going to be a whale. I know. 
It's going to be a whale just floating around in a pool at home. It's so glamorous, isn't it? Don't you love it? Oh. Are you going to find out the sex beforehand or are you going to leave it, leave a bit of mystery? Yeah, so we have we have found out the, the gender, but <gasps> um, we're just keeping it. Yeah, we're keeping it to keeping, ourselves. Keeping we, um, mum? Yeah, we're keeping mum. So we there, there wasn't a lot of surprises. We had a lot of complications with getting, um, with getting pregnant and there wasn't a lot of surprises for us even finding out we were we were pregnant. It was kind of like, oh, here, here we go again. I had multiple miscarriages. So um, oh. finding out the gender for us was um, was kind of our little way of having a bit of a surprise and, and injecting that enjoyment back into Absolutely. To the process because it did become very clinical for us and, right. and quite a hard time as well, falling pregnant again, not like multiple times and losing them. So, yeah, we found out the gender to, to keep the surprise and the, oh, the joy there. <laughs> that's amazing. And tell me, how long how long has this been? Has it been a, a few um, years? Yeah, two and a half years. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a process I for bet. us. But it's actually a, a process for a lot of couples oh, um, yeah. in, in Australia. So it's one of those things where I know we're not alone. It's just not commonly, you know, spoken about. So um, I've been really op- – I was really open with everyone. Yeah, um, friends and family, and and even work colleagues, and yeah, when we made the announcement, I thought it was really important to talk about it because I know how many couples are going through similar experiences, not only to ours, but even worse experiences. Like oh, I've yeah. heard of people trying for 10, 15 years, mm. or um, having you know fifteen rounds of IVF and multiple multiple miscarriages. So, Absolutely, yeah, I know we're not. I know we're not alone. I'm certainly not asking for sympathy in that, but I just think it's really important to, to share our story. Absolutely. Oh, no, I totally agree. I think it's great that you do. And also the more you do, people tell you all their stories as well and you realise it's completely mm-hmm. common. Mm-hmm. It and really I've had is. so many friends that I didn't even know were going through similar things kind of reach out when we made our announcement. And say, wow. Oh, kind of so really? And, yeah. And they had I, never, I never discussed yeah. it with you. Yeah, it's yeah. so strange, so, isn't um, it? Yeah, but it's just it's just a stigma thing. It's like you know many things that private things that people go through. There's just a stigma attached to it, and absolutely, some people feel comfortable talking about it, and some people don't. So absolutely. Yeah. And are you reading all the pregnancy books? Are you no, doing? Are I'm you not. doing that? <laughs> not 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 yet. But I have made the mistake of watching um, <laughs> some natural births on YouTube. I got stuck <laughs> down in that. Crazy tunnel, late one night. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And every one of my girlfriends who've had children has said, "Do not watch any videos before you give birth." But I couldn't help myself. Once I watched one, I had to watch another. So I I had to stop that because it was it was rabbit. That's a bad, ugly rabbit hole. (laughs) I haven't started reading anything yet. I think I will when we get closer. Yeah, closer to the date, and um, I take some time off and. Um, so I could all win. Look, congratulations. We're so excited. Thank you. Can't, Thank you. Can't wait to see the burgeoning, blooming belly <laughs> and the glow. You'll get the glow. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm <laughs> counting down for the glow. I'm like, when is this going to happen? And I think the, it's just going to be the sweat that is going to start to build on my upper lip as it gets warmer. The thing I really admire about Jacinta is she's always up for a laugh, but super smart, incredibly honest about her own struggles and experiences, really in the hope that others will relate and feel better about themselves, and I really admire that. 
So thanks for listening today. Please rate and review as we love your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe to Finding Phyllis with Murray Clare so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.